I am Pastor Jennifer Casey. I bring you greetings on behalf of our preacher of the day, Pastor David Hoffman, along with our pastor emeritus, uh, Pastor Bob Thomas, who is enjoying the month of February away. Uh, as you came in, you were able to enjoy the flowers in the narthex. Those are uh, from Pam Sanders' celebration of life that we held on Friday. So uh, as you leave this space, enjoy the flowers and uh, take a moment to remember Pam today. As we begin our time together, you'll find uh, the connection card in your bulletin packet. This is a place for you to share that you were in worship with us today. It's also a place where you can uh, share any joys or concerns with the church staff or with the larger church community. You can also find a connection card online at stonybrook.church as well. If you are worshiping in, uh, in person, we invite you to just drop that in the offering basket on your way out. You all can be the hands and feet of Jesus on Sunday, February 20th, 20th so that's a week from today, uh, by supporting the Peace Lutheran Community Lunch. We will be feeding approximately 25 people and are looking for uh, food donations and servers as well. You can find the link to sign up for this mission opportunity in your weekly email announcements. And then also you can show your love and support to our college students by supporting the College Care Package Ministry. Stony Brook is going to be sending uh, 25 packages to our co college students this spring filled with uh, all sorts of goodies for them to open up and enjoy and uh, know that they are loved by you all. You can support by donating items or money or uh, and your prayers as well. You can find more information in your bulletin packet or in your weekly electronic announcements. You can find all of these uh, announcements that I've just mentioned and more about the mission and ministries of Stony Brook Church online at stonybrook.church or in your bulletin packet. Today is Scout Sunday, and um, I don't know if you're aware of it, but the Boy Scouts of America just celebrated their 112th birthday last week. Now, Stony Brook has a long history with the Boy Scouts of America because of our chartering of Troop 98. And so today we are going to recognize and celebrate the ways that the scouting program has helped young men grow and develop. So if you are a current or a past member of Troop 98, I would invite you to stand so that we can recognize you. <clears throat> All right, st stay standing, stay standing, gentlemen. Now, I, I would like for anyone who's ever been in any sort of scouting program throughout their life to now stand so we can see the ways that scouting has impacted people. All right, thank you all. Scouting has uh, certainly shaped many, many people over the years, and we are grateful for the ministry. Uh, now I invite you to enjoy this video from Troop 98. <laughs>
to quiet your hearts and your mind as uh, Deb leads us in our prelude and we prepare our hearts for worship. Thank you. 
Let's rise in body or in spirit for our call. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. For my hope is from God, who alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rests my deliverance and my honor. My mighty rock, my refuge is in God. Trust in God at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before God, who is a refuge for us. Let us continue worshiping by singing, Come, all Christians, be committed.
As we turn our hearts to a time of prayer, just a reminder as we are in this uh, sermon series on the Lord's Prayer, that today's Lord's Prayer will be an alternative version. So when we get to the Lord's Prayer at the end of the pastoral prayer, uh, read in your bulletin or it will be up on the screen as well. I invite you to join me in a spirit of prayer. In all we do, in all we say, in all we think, in all we feel, in all of who we are, we offer ourselves to you. The one who has simply identified yourself as I am. You are, O God. You are the one who knows all, who guides all, who loves all. You are the one who calls us from death and offers us life. You are creator, redeemer, sustainer. You are. Save us from times of trial, we pray. Do not allow evil into our lives, we cry. We beg for lives of ease, lives filled with joy, lives without pain. And yet... That is not our reality. We too quickly forget that oftentimes we are our own worst enemy, focusing on things that are not of you, sidetracked by worldly issues, distracted by the unimportant, missing out on the joy, the peace, the love right in front of us. Open our eyes, O oh God, and help us to see it. Put us back on your path. Center us on you. Call us again, away from ourselves and deep into your love. And show us how we can partner with you to work against the evil of the world. To help the world become a more just place for all. To care for our planet better and to be your face in the world. There is so much pain in the hearts of your people. Some face financial insecurity food insecurity, home insecurity. Some await medical results. Some await the return of a loved one. Some await death. Some are on their knees, overwhelmed with addictions. And some experience grief so deep it consumes. You, the one who promises to be with us always. You, creator, redeemer, sustainer. You, the great I am holds all of our pain, tells us we will be okay, and loves us no matter what. Help us keep our hearts open to you, O God, so that we can experience your transformative healing and live in a way that honors you always. We pray all of this in the name of the one who taught us to pray as we now join our voices together praying. Loving creator, we honor you, and we honor all that you have made. Renew the whole world in the image of your love. Give us what we need for today, and a hunger to see the whole world fed. Strengthen us for what lies ahead. Heal us from the hurts of the past. Give us courage to follow your call in this moment. For your love is the only power, the only home, 
the only honor we need in this world and in the world to come. Amen.
in Swahili, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Jeff and um, all of your music folks, thank you so much for the gift of music that you have added to this, uh, this sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. And, and this is uh, amazing. So thank you very much to all our guests with us. Thank you for your gift of music this day. As we continue our series um, and this petition for the Lord's Prayer, um, this day comes from the sixth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, verses 13. Hear these words. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. And these accompanying words from Romans that will help us to dig into today's scripture from the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 3 and 9 through 21. Hear these words. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Friends, this is the word of God for all God's children. Thanks be to God. Let us respond by singing together.
Thou who art over us, thou who art one of us, thou who simply art, give each of us a pure heart that we may see thee, a humble heart that we may hear thee, a heart of love that we may serve thee, and most of all, a heart of faith that we may always abide in thee. This is our hope. This is our prayer this day. Amen. This past week's section of the Lord's Prayer, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, has really left us in a good place. We are forgiven people, thanks be to God. And in response to our own for experience of forgiveness, we are subsequently challenged to forgive others. This petition of the prayer and God's action in our lives have left us with a clean slate, so to speak. And like I mentioned in last week's sermon, each time we pray the Lord's Prayer, we have the opportunity to receive God's daily forgiveness and to begin again. God has freed us for joyful obedience that we might be and become what God has called us to be, a place where and a people through whom all can experience God's forgiveness and God's love. It is a, a great place where we might want to take up residence and dwell. It's a really good place it's a good place to be. However, where we find ourselves positioned at this moment in this prayer can also be dangerous for us. We are really at a crossroads. Which direction will we turn? What comes next? What path will we take? Are we truly prepared for what will inevitably come our way? Are we adequately prepared for what is just around the corner? It's impossible for us to stay where we are. That is why I believe that today's section of the Lord's Prayer and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil is intrinsically connected to last week's text. It is woven together for us. It cannot be separated. We do need someone to guide us. We desperately need someone to lead us. We need a compass for our lives. Now, if it were up to us, and if, if it were left up to our own inclinations, we would end up back where we started in the wilderness once again confronted by temptation and in, in need of God's forgiveness and direction for our lives as the African-American spiritual reminds us standing in the need of prayer. One task needed to complete and earn the wilderness survival merit badge in the Boy Scouts of America was to build a makeshift shelter out into the woods and, and to sleep in it overnight. And to complete the requirements, my twin brother Doug and I took great efforts to construct, construct the best shelter. In fact, it became sort of a competition for us. 
No tools or rope were to be used. Only natural material found in the surrounding woods could be used. And we worked long and hard on our shelter, sparing no details. We did our very best. We were proud of what we had accomplished and where we found ourselves. And once the structures were complete, we settled in for the night. My twin, always thinking, brought a couple slices of pizza along. (laughs) However, while planning ahead and being prepared, he forgot, we forgot, that we were out in the woods, in the wilderness, so to speak. He, we failed to realize where we were. He tossed his trash carelessly to the side of my shelter. <laughs> Maybe you know what's coming next. <laughs> Needless to say, I had visitors that night, a whole family of skunks. <laughs> At least that was my twin's report. <laughs> Doug had the foresight not to wake me up, and I'm, I'm not sure that he even stayed around either. <laughs> but they took what they were after, and they were back on their way. But we had forgotten, right, where we were out in the woods, in the wilderness. We'd forgotten where we were, that we didn't calculate our actions. We had failed to plan for what came next. And I'm not sure how how long we could actually survive out in the wilderness by ourselves anyway. We did get the merit badge, though. (laughs) But as Jesus has shown us, shown to us through his own life experience and his witness, the wilderness is really not our place to dwell. And that we always will need God's spirit to lead us out of the wilderness and back to God. This wilderness can be a spiritual place too, not just a place to pitch a tent or build a shelter. It can be a place that is as dry as the desert, parched by our sadness and despair. It can be a place that isolates us in by walling us in with our own fears and anxieties. The wilderness, a place where we lose our way because we are blinded by guilt and are given misinformation or wrong directions. The wilderness, a place full of temptations, ways that draw us away from healthy, productive, and faithful living, a place where we gamble our life away, a place where our faith rests upon our own efforts and upon us and not upon the goodness and faithfulness of God. Again, if it were up to us, We would find ourselves back where we started. We would find ourselves going around in circles, just like the man trying to lose weight, but came to the office with two dozen donuts one day. His caring co-workers asked him why he got the donuts if he was trying to lose weight. The man answered, I came to the corner where the donut shop was. And I told God if he wanted me to buy some donuts, he'd have to provide a parking spot in front of the donut shop. (laughs) 
Well, God answered his prayer on the eighth time around, the block, the block, <laughs> there it was. Friends, God does not work that way. But in his book on, on the Lord's Prayer, Adam Hamilton draws our attention to the conjunction that begins today's section of the Lord's Prayer, the word and. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I can hear some of you grumbling, not another English grammar lesson, <laughs> right? But this conjunction, which we probably have overlooked, combines these two sections together, last week's and this week's sections together. Forgive us and lead us. It can help us understand that, that God is not leading us into temptation or even testing our will or our resolve because we can do that all by ourselves. We are asking God to lead us, to lead us away from where we are inclined to go and deliver us from the evil that exists in our world. The author of the book of James reminds us, no one, when tempted, should say, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. But one is tempted by one's own desire, being lured and enticed by it. Then, what is, then when that desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and that sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Do not be Deceived, my beloved, the author of James writes, lead us, lead us. Oh God, not where our intentions lead us, but where you want us to be and become. Again, as we have been reminded every week, this is not just an individual prayer. This is also a corporate prayer. We are responsible not just for ourselves, but for one another. Hamilton goes on, he says, the problem isn't with the prayer, but how we pray it. Specifically, he noted there is a, a missing comma in that line. We typically pray the prayer like this, and lead us not into temptation, and heard this way, we naturally interpret the petition to mean something like, please God, don't lead us into the places where we'll be tempted. And it raises the question, why would a loving God want to do that? Now hear it with a comma. Lead us. Not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It changes how we understand this petition now the emphasis is on lead us, as it should be. You see, our Wesleyan understanding of God's grace and God's action in our lives would describe our experience of forgiveness in the Lord's Prayer as justifying grace, asking for and, and receiving God's forgiveness. And this justifying grace restores our relationship with God. For us, salvation is not a static, one-time event. It is a continual process of transformation, living into the fullness of what God has called us to be and become. This is sanctifying grace. It is 
our need for God's guidance and God's leadership in our lives. Lead us. If it were up to us, <laughs> we have the tendency to walk in circles and we usually end up where we've started. David Grebner, a pastor in our conference, shares the following story. He says, there was once a man who lived in the desert. Well, that was not entirely true. It would be better to say that the man was a prisoner of the desert. You see, at some, you see somehow and at some point in the past, the man had acquired the habit of following his shadow and only his shadow. His shadow was his own relentless, unbending compass. He obeyed it completely and followed it faithfully without question. Can you imagine it? Think for a moment. Every morning when the sun came up on the dew-moistened sand, our friend began walking in the direction that his shadow pointed. And as the sun traced its slow crescent across the sky, the poor man followed it, the, sh the shadow, the subtle bending of his own shadow across the scorching sand below. And by the end of the day, as the sun was setting over the horizon, he had traced a rough oval and was nearly back where he had started in the early morning hours. And while his course varied a little with the seasons of the year and the, and the speed with which he walked, it wasn't much. And it never allowed him to leave and escape the desert. This man had been going on, this had been going on for as long as he could remember. It was familiar and, and comfortable to the man, the only thing that he knew. Yet he also had to admit that it often left him feeling trapped and alone on the inside. Sometimes he wondered what it would be like to face the sun instead of always turning his back to it and walking the other way. He longed to see if there just might be more to the world than the desert. But our friend never seemed to have enough resolve to do anything differently. That sounds all too familiar, doesn't it? Our lives at times mirror this poor man's existence. We become trapped in our routines, in our lives. We often get up and go to bed and, and wonder where our day has gone. We rush through our routine only to find the day wasted away. We find ourselves wondering if there, if there might just be more to this world than our routine. Need I say our life, our little piece of the desert. We travel in circles searching for answers, answers that will help us better understand which direction we should face. Sometimes we may even wonder what it would be like to face the sun instead of always turning our back on it and walking the other way. We become trapped and imprisoned by our daily routine. Our feet become calloused and swollen from the scorching sand below. Our hearts become hardened because of our narrowness of vision. We yearn and hunger for direction in our lives. And yet we find some comfort and security in our routine. We, too, 
often find ourselves chasing after our own shadow, just like the man trapped in the desert. Then one morning, while it was still dark, as the poor man was preparing to set out again, he heard a, a voice, a sound. At least it was more like a voice than anything else. It commanded him, stop it. That's all, just stop it. Stop it? He didn't know how he knew, but he just knew without a doubt that what was meant by this was his following his shadow. Stop it? Could it be that simple? What a lovely thought. Then again, it was a fearful thought as well. Certainly for the man, there was joy and hope in what the voice suggested, but there was also uncertainty and even dread because following his own shadow was the only way that he knew to get around. At about this time, the sun came up, and with it, the powerful tug of his growing shadow. He tried to resist it, but he could not. Still, all the day, as he obediently followed his own shadow, the memory of that voice and the experience of the morning stayed with him. It stayed with him through the night as well. And while he made no significant changes over the days which followed, it somehow was enough just to have some hope. Then one morning, only a moment before the dawn, he suddenly turned his back to the dark, the dark western horizon, and faced the glow in the east. It was done almost before he realized what he was doing, the, the freedom to do it happened in a moment, and he recognized in his newfound freedom the presence again of that voice which lovingly offered him what he could not provide himself. The rising sun, the star in front of him was brighter and more wonderful than he could have ever imagined it to be. As the sun cut across the sky, it was all he could do to stand there and face the light, turning slowly now to keep his shadow in back of him. And as the day passed, his shadow became less and less intimidating and his new freedom more and more familiar. And slowly the man took a small step towards the light and set out. He wasn't sure where he was going, but at least he knew he wasn't still going around in circles. He was now following the voice that gave him direction. Now, I'm not sure of all of the areas in your life where you need direction. I'm not even sure of all that, that which lies upon your heart and minds this day. But I am aware of this, that God's voice, God's voice continues to speak to us and God. God continues to lead us. May it be so. Amen.
into this time of offering, I'd like to share with you an opportunity for you to offer yourselves to our neighbors in need. Um, Stony Brook Church will be supporting the next blood drive to be held at Mifflin Presbyterian Church on Thursday, February 24th uh, from 10 to 4. If this is something that you feel uh, called to donate some blood, uh, you are invited to go to our weekly electronic announcements and find um, the ways that you can sign up uh, to give blood on that day. As always, you can uh, give your offering by dropping it in the baskets on the way out, or you can give online at stonybrook.church. For all of the ways that you offer yourself to God through the mission and ministries of Stony Brook Church, we give thanks. I invite you at this time to rise as we sing our doxology together. that you lead us in this world. We offer these gifts back to you and trust that you will lead them to those who are in need. We pray that they are blessed and multiplied and each who come to receive them know of your great love in their lives. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.
forgive us and lead us, we pray. And God's grace meets us there. And God's voice gives us direction. God's voice gives us direction through study and scripture and worship and through one another. Let us go forth to be that gift, that grace, that voice for all. God goes with us. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you.